0: World Talk Radio, bringing the world to you.
1: I'd like to invite you to listen to the Sharon Kleiner Hour: The Power of Water, Global Warming, and Your Personal Health. This show is about every week. People taking time from their very busy uh, occupations, whether it be a scientist, a doctor, a person in a field of medical, uh, a ranger, forest ranger, whatever background they may have, taking time away from what they're doing to come and educate us about how important it is to live on this planet. We live with the planet. It's not going to live with us. How do we learn to do that? And the power of the water every day is vital to us all. Did you know that 1.1 billion people, and I'll never get tired of telling you this, 1.1 billion people in the world do not have access to safe water? That is one-sixth of the world's population. And remember, that's probably old statistics. Women around the world are having to carry water, by the jugs, on their head, walking in bare feet to take water every day to where they live. If they should fall, they have to start all over again. We're living on a planet where, yes, people are learning to drink more water. The Italians drink more water than anyone. The French drink second amount, but the Americans don't drink as much as they think. And this is summer coming on, and we're having the heat season, and we're trying to figure out how can we be healthier, how can we learn we need to drink at least 8 to 10 glasses of water in a 24-hour period and make sure it's safe. Let's think about it together. It's a very exciting new movement going on. Be environmental about yourself. If you concern yourself about your health and learn to be healthier, you'll be vulnerable to other people to want to be healthier, too. Today, we have Dr. Michael Steelman, MD, who is a bariatric specialist, and we're going to have a lot of fun learning more about what we should do to lose weight and control our weight and our health without the gastric bypass. I'm sure he'll tell us a little bit about gastric by- bypass, but his whole field is getting you learning more about weight control. And then we're going to talk to Art Bernstein, who's a naturalist and author from Gold Hill. And Art will tell us a little bit more about the fountain of View that he found so fascinating long ago. We're going to listen to our sponsor, Nature Sears Eye Mist, which is to supplement your eyes every day. You have the lip balm, you have your vitamins, you have everything you need, but now you need to use Nature's Tears Eye Mist to supplement the eyes for the moisture that you're not getting from the air. Well, listen to our sponsor, and we'll be back with our special guest, Dr. Steelman.
2: Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops.
3: To reach a show host or guest during the live show, dial toll free in North America 866 613 1612. Or if outside the USA and Canada, dial 001 858 268
1: 3068. Dr. Spielman, how are you today? I'm doing fine, Sharon. Well, I appreciate and our listeners do, too, with your taking time away from your busy schedule. Weight uh, has been uh, uh, gaining weight, losing weight. Our weight control in the United States has become quite an issue for health reasons, and it should be a very exciting topic today. And please be sure and tell us things that you think we maybe not have heard before because people are hearing so much. Before we start, I wanted to tell our listeners that, you're a board-certified bariatric physician, but explain what that description means, uh, doctors, so they understand what the bariatric physician means. What what that description would be?
0: Well, the word uh, bariatrics was uh, originated to refer to uh, the practice of medicine that dealt with uh, issues of obesity and related conditions, and it comes from the uh, Greek. Uh, derivation of baros, which means pressure, uh, kind of like our barometric pressure is the weight of a column of air uh, on on the uh, surface of the earth so uh, that that 's how it originated and originated actually at dealing with medical physicians who were interested in uh, in these problems uh, more recently there's there's been a lot more publicity given to the uh, surgical approach to obesity, and so a lot more people are becoming familiar with the word bariatric, but, but mainly through the, uh, the uh, surgical realm rather than the medical realm.
1: I want to ask you, yes, there has been a lot of publicity, and uh, around the world people are uh, have gained weight all over the world. Uh, uh, they talk about our fast food. But tell us, is it the Americans that are so much overweight compared to the rest of the world? Because uh, uh, I've noticed in the news that there's people all over the world very heavy. Uh, are we having an unusual amount of obesity, or are we just wanting to educate uh, more about it? Well, that's a, uh,
0: that's a very interesting perspective. Obesity is increasing worldwide, but I think uh, the United States is probably still the leader Uh, in that Uh, in general the incidence of obesity is much greater in the industrialized uh, communities has been for quite a while but it has been increasing in even in third world countries uh, recently this leads to some increasing speculation sometimes that's because they're adopting a western style of eating uh, eating more uh, processed carbohydrate food eating more saturated fat eating more frequently and uh, sometimes that can be tracked to that but one of the interesting things is there has been some correlation shown between the presence of antibodies to a certain virus uh, that appears to show up much more frequently in people who are obese than in people who are not. So there's some speculation that there may may be a a actual virus out there that's causing uh, an increase in obesity. But I think here, here in America we have several issues that are contributing to uh, to our problem, and it's been estimated that more than 300,000 excess deaths occur every year as a result of obesity here. Mm-hmm. I think we're, we've dropped our exercise levels uh, and our activity levels over a period of years. Our portion sizes keep getting bigger. Uh, we are eating out more frequently, and we're, we tend to eat the wrong kinds of foods. Just in general, our health is suffering. Because of uh, because of these changes in our patterns, you mentioned the
1: virus. Now, a virus. uh, People are looking at viruses like, well, I have a virus, and uh, my uh, the office got a virus, and so you're thinking that some of the different uh, evaluations have been that uh, there is a virus that could be causing uh, people's weight gain. Now, weight gain. I'm going to come in and pretend like I know something. The weight gain could cause water back up, we're retaining a lot of water, the toxin we're not releasing through flushing the toilet or through the skin, and we begin to crave uh, the wrong foods because there's something about high energy food that makes us crave. Uh, When the viruses are running around, what uh, would our audience and myself understand, because I I agree, I think there is something happening uh, that craves that type of food even though we know better than eating it. What kind of viruses should we be alerted to that we need to maybe have uh, a test on? Well, uh, actually, it's a, uh, it's a form of
0: a, of a virus that is uh, common among chickens, and uh, so sort of like thinking about the bird flu now this is not the bird flu but Hi. but uh, it may be that it's a virus that can has mutated and can be transmitted to humans that way there's no known kind of illness that's associated with it and certainly not every uh obese you know person has has had experience no virus. no but
1: it's it's one of the uh, symptoms that may cause a water uh, backup too. Um, now when um, back to the virus and, and other symptoms also to this water retention, um, people think, doctor, that when they're retaining water they shouldn't drink very much water because there's so much water. Uh, isn't it just the opposite? It's absolutely the opposite.
0: And, you know, to to expand on that a little bit, uh, even with the the virus, if we're talking about having a virus, sure, if it's causing inflammation in our body, we're going to tend to retain water. That's a typical way of trying to put out the fire, if you will, of the inflammation. Mm -hmm. What I find in my practice is that probably 90% or more of the people that I see who come in here suffer from mild dehydration and uh you have uh, brilliantly and to the point uh, discussed what some of the problems are with that and when you know when you're uh, when your body needs more water, it will retain water it doesn't always get it immediately to where it needs to go, so we get that puffy, bloated uh, fluid retention uh, when that's going on, and it's made worse, certain foods may make that worse uh, or sugar and salt and starch may make us retain more uh, fluid as well. And then, then that becomes an unending cycle. We retain the fluid. Uh, we, uh, that probably affects our appetite center in our brain and our hypothalamus and uh, we start craving foods,
1: primarily high-processed carbohydrate and salt. Food. Something that's very craving to us. It makes yes. us feel high energy and then all of a sudden it goes away, but it's we like had a roller-
0: Yeah, it's like a roller coaster. It seems yeah. to lift you up briefly, but then it crashes you, and during that
1: crash, you're in essence like an addict that's looking for more of your. Exactly. This is exactly an addict, and it's not your fault. It's something that you didn't understand that when you had that sugar content or that high carbohydrate content, it made you feel good, but all of a sudden when you, it, went away, it decreased, you felt down almost as a depression, whether you want to admit it or not, because you went on a high, and the body was just faked. Uh, and that can cause that can cause, couldn't it, a uh, water retention? That if you did that too frequently, even though you're not overweight, it could still maybe have a swelling in the abdomen or some different swelling that uh, the body is being um, uh, having going through an artificial addiction. You know, doctor eyes can have an addiction. Uh, the doctors were saying that uh, the eye drops. If you use an eye drop more than the recommendations your eyes can have an addiction. Mm -hmm. People don't realize that our bodies decide for us. We're not always making the decision. Back to the um, weight
0: gain. And and I think one of the really critical things, and this will lead into part of the other discussion we're gonna have, I think, is that when you eat that high sugar load, your body responds by putting out a lot of insulin. Insulin is probably the culprit, at least one of the main culprits, that then makes you retain fluid. Insulin also is a very inflammatory compound and creates a lot of inflammation in your body and uh, and that will in turn lead to even more fluid retention. It also elevates lipid levels and it tends to uh, increase problems uh, all around. Even uh, insulin levels actually have a stronger correlation with heart disease than cholesterol. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh-huh. and we don't talk enough about that Absolutely. it's like these new vitamin waters and and oh you'll get more vi- have vitamins with your water and and all of these uh, low car low carbohydrate or low sugar products if they look on the back of the product at a low carbohydrate it isn't that low there's something else in there that you may not agree now let's talk about some of the things that people, even people who are, let's say, not overweight, people who are not overweight should consider their diet just as serious as the person who gained that water retention and toxin and backed up and they started gaining a lot of weight. Tell us some of those things that people need to learn about their daily life of getting out of bed and beginning the day with what should we eat
0: well, and uh, you know, it's my belief that, every, that, that that people have individual patterns that make it best for them. But first, first off, I mean, the general rule in in my mind is we need to be eating foods that are natural. We need to be eating foods the way they were uh, put here on Earth, as close as close to it as we can. The less processed it is, the better. And particularly, first thing in the morning, you do not want a sugar spike. So the worst thing you can do is get up and and pour a bowl of sugar-coated cereal and, or grab a donut on your way to work and uh, slug it down with a big uh, jolt of caffeine. That's the absolute worst thing you could be doing to your body first thing in the morning. So the general thing would be to get up, uh, and I'll tell you what I like to do is I like to get up and have two glasses of water before I've done anything else. Oh, good for you. And then the, the, uh, the next thing uh, is to eat foods that are... Uh, that are more focused on um, what you'd call complex and natural carbohydrate, the fruit type food, or something that's reasonably uh, high in protein. The egg white omelet with uh, some good vegetables in it, for example, might be a a good alternative there. Now, If you look at oatmeal the way Mother uh, used to cook it, not the instant variety that you rip a package and pour in some water, but the old kind, it has a high enough fiber content in it to to offer some protective value against the carbohydrate. So, uh, so for the person that's got to have that uh, warm cereal, I'd say that's the way to go. But otherwise, you know, I'm for uh, fruit, protein, um, and, and at and at worst, maybe that uh, that
1: good old fashioned high fiber oatmeal. Again, and then what about some of the breads? They're coming out with a lot of new bread choices. That uh, people could look in, at it, uh, getting a grains in the bread and if, you know, having something to drink. Uh, uh, what about some of the breads that are coming out that are so different? You know, if if the bread, the the one
0: thing that the bread has to do is have a high fiber content, basically, and That's there are a couple of forms of bread out now yeah. that that do that and they don't send that sugar spike. If you mm-hmm. look at the degree of sugar spiking uh, blood sugar you know going up after eating it's just, if you're eating regular old uh, white bread it's about as high as it is if you just ate uh, a tablespoon of sugar sure so we don't want that but if you get very high grain breads and certain breads like the processing of pumpernickel uh, for example makes it a little bit better bread to eat and there are some new breads uh
1: out, I know I can't give you a specific. Honor. Yeah, but I noticed some of the health food stores and some of the main grocery stores. They have a section that you can go into and get some very whole grain bread, with right. some without made out, without flour. I mean, made with rice. Uh, there's selections today that, uh, and 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 we I'm, and now we everybody has to have something to start the day. But because you're m- sleeping m- there all night long, and the body's in charge of you while you sleep. Get up, have the glasses of water. Have something to get your energy, the fuel going. Uh, now, a lot of times, if people could uh, at night before they go to bed think about their diet before the next day, because that way they're not just rushing to think, oh my gosh, I forgot what I was going to have. And that's a lot of the problems we're running into, Doctor. Well, all of us, we're yep. leading such a fast pace of life. We're rushing to go figure out what we're going to eat.
0: Absolutely. It's like that Alabama song, I'm in a hurry and I don't know why. <laughs> and, uh, and we're rushing, Crazy. and you know that makes it easy to stop by the fast food place and pick up the wrong foods. You're, yeah. you're absolutely right. Pre planning is a, is a
1: oh, pre plan your daily diet. It's your life.
0: And 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 in reality, I even think people ought to take enough time to sit down and pre plan before they go to shop, because if we Act don't, like- we get those impulse items that are usually the uh, high starch, high sugar, high toxin, high preservative.
1: Again, hurry up and purchase the product, get it home, and then don't think about it, and especially maybe breakfast. Uh, Dinner might have been well better planned out, but does a person need three meals a day if you're not that busy?
0: You know, um, I I think not everybody really needs three meals a day. I think some people can do with fewer, but the best pattern tends to be to eat maybe even five or six smaller meals. Tiny little snack
1: meals. Right.
0: Right. Mm -hmm. For most people, that's probably a better way of doing it.
1: Mm -hmm. Now, um, we're going to listen to our sponsor here in a minute and come back, but tell us then about how an individual, if they're overweight, what you would consider for them to think about without having to have the surgery. And we'll be right back. We're going to listen to our sponsor, and we'll be right back,
2: doctor. World Talk Radio, Studio A. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you.
3: To reach a show host or guest during the live show, dial toll-free in North America, 866-613-1612. Or if outside the USA and Canada, dial 001-858-268-3068.
1: to Dr. Michael Spielman, MD, who's a bariatric specialist, but he's now going to talk to us about some of the reports about gastric bypass surgery that maybe there's other ways for you to be able to uh, lose the weight. And doctor, before we start, I know the first thing we think about is the person who's very, the word obese, overweight. Uh, what about those other people who are gaining it? All of a sudden, they're gaining. So let's think about them during this education program, too. But tell us about some of the what's happening out there with the gastric bypasses and why you think many people should try to do it without surgery.
0: Well, um, if we look at the, the gastric bypass, I mean, first let me say, you know, I have patients that I've referred for gastric bypass and that I think it can be a life-saving um, procedure for certain individuals, but I also think it's being uh, overutilized and it's gotten it, it's almost like it has a sweetheart affair right now with the with the media and you hear only about the good side of it you know basically uh, gastric bypass surgery works by narrowing the the stomach's pouch often by uh, cutting off part of the small intestine and rehooking the stomach at a lower place so food can't be fully digested. So the two problems, two things that happen afterwards, one is that a person can't eat a very large volume of food at a time, uh, probably no more than they could hold in one hand without it causing them to have a lot of uh, abdominal pain and number okay, two they have
1: a gastric pain.
0: Right. And then secondly, uh, they don't absorb all of the nutrients uh, in the food that does get through the stomach. So even if we take the base ca- best case scenario, we have someone who uh, is going to be sentenced to a life of uh, potential pain and vomiting if they eat a little too much and who is setting themselves up to be nutritionally deficient if they don't uh, if they aren't followed very carefully and the weight loss they have Basically, is related to, to the fact that they reduce their total caloric intake and they change somewhat uh, the nature of the of the uh, food they're eating. Well, you know, I, I sometimes jokingly uh, tell people, you could take the money you're going to spend uh, for surgery, hire some thug to follow you around and just slug you in the stomach every time you eat. you're supposed <laughs> to, you know,
1: yeah. and
0: yeah. and then you still wouldn't have the nutritional deficiency. So the bottom line is. Uh, can you know is that uh, if we could get people to lose weight without having the surgery, then mm-hmm. they 're much better off in the long uh, in the long haul well there 's been a lot of recent data ta- looking at that people who have diabetes and high blood pressure because of their obesity and how those conditions improve uh, following the surgery.
1: Sure. I've heard that. Yes, I, they had a special on it one evening on uh, one of the newscasts, and they said that people were getting rid of their diabetes and uh, no longer all these problems. We is put, that a fact?
0: Well, that that is a fact, but it's totally and completely related to the fact that they're losing weight and that they're losing it rapidly. We have uh-huh. people, we, we have people that we treat in our clinic with a, a, a combination of dietary uh, manipulations but basically where we have them on a very low calorie type uh, diet and, a, and uh, often very low in refined carbohydrates that is the sugar and the high starch uh, type foods and with these people uh, if they have high blood pressure we almost always have to cut their blood pressure medicines within uh, two weeks if they have uh, uh, diabetes we usually have to cut their uh, diabetes medications within a few days, and often within a month, they're off all their medications as well. Mm-hmm. They they As long as we can help support them nutritionally, psychologically, and uh, and keep them going with this, they lose weight just as rapidly as people who have surgery.
1: And they- gaining weight is back to, I believe, and correct me, but if a person starts craving, there's a trigger there. Uh, of some nature that something in an insulin is giving you a shock. You're going high and then you're going low and then you're backing up fluid and you're backing up toxin and you are you don't even know what is happening. You, it's a craving. It's a disorder. It's almost like an addiction. You know well, it that, is an addiction. <laughs> yeah, <and laughs> the, and is, the, and I'm going to go out there on the limb. I'm going to probably get into some situations here. I looked at it with my research through the years, Dr. Uh, I think it's an addiction to have a craving on a sugar. Uh, what's happening is the body, it's like when they told me about the eyes having an addiction, I thought, well that is telling me the whole body can have an addiction on almost anything if we're not careful
0: yeah the the whole body or you know even if this is just an area of the brain that gets triggered that way and foods in our bo- foods have a have chemical reactions in our body and we get like you said with the toxins and with poor nutrition and with a variety of things we get our actual body completely out of kilter and that can make us uh, that can make us uh uh, have those cravings, you know I mean an example that uh, that comes uh, to mind right away too as i as I think about that is that our brain's appetite center has some receptor sites, kind of like if you want to call it an airport, for uh, chemicals called cannabinoids. Well, the most familiar cannabinoid is probably marijuana, and uh, you know one of the symptoms of marijuana ingestion is increased craving for starch and sugar so this is just to illustrate that there are chemicals and toxins and preservatives that may be triggering certain things in our bo- in our brain or or uh, wherever that do make us want that uh, next bit of food whether it's from a slumping blood sugar or whether it's from a toxic reaction somewhere now in general you know cravings get better when you get away from the offending substance one of the one of the big problems I see in my practice too I mean because what you 're describing is a physical addiction, but we also have a social or cultural addiction I mean you know when we I say yeah. when I say birthday party, how many people think about cake? When I say funeral, how many people think we 've got to take something over to the grieving family to eat so yeah. what what we often see is people are following pretty good advice they 're detoxing. And they're, and they're doing fine, their cravings disappear, something happens, and they eat that first one, and they're just like an alcoholic going back on the bench. So there, there are exactly. doctors that Now, have
1: you ever had, I, I'm, I'm one, a person on, I don't eat popcorn very often, but when I do, I couldn't eat just one kernel.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I've got to have more.
0: Mm-hmm. It's like, and,
1: that, uh, yeah.
0: like that potato chip commercial that says, I bet you exactly. can't eat just one. Or I, I think Cracker one. Jack's motto is the more you eat, the more you want.
1: Yeah, and, so, and we're all, even if you're 10, yeah. is that healthy yeah. uh, because there's something that's not going to be right because you're going to overeat what you can digest. You'll start backing up fluid, mm-hmm. and then you may have a craving of whatever, and it doesn't mean then the good food that you want to eat is going to have a chance. Now let's talk about... Let's say uh, a lot of the doctors that have been coming on, the doctor, have said green vegetables, not iceberg lettuce so much, but green, like kale and and spinach, and green, 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 green. Uh, getting enough green vegetables in, and of course everybody's saying water, uh, drink enough water during the day, not just sip it. But what are some of the things that you think that might counteract and counterbalance out? the fact that the person might have had something they shouldn't oh my gosh what do I do I'll go have some water but also are there a particular type of food a good green salad something that could counterbalance it
0: right Yeah. virtually virtually you know
1: that's something I hadn't thought of it but if we do go to that party and we don't want to insult the person and say I'm sorry I don't eat cake or I'm sorry I'm not eating cake but what could you do let's say you had a little piece and you know it's not good for you what could you do to go counterbalance that that uh, sugar?
0: Yeah, the, the the probably the two best things that I can think of are protein and fiber. So if you there's okay. something that's a good lean protein choice, you can have at the same time. That's you know that will help. The other thing that will help will be the. Um, will be anything that has a high fiber content but ideally when you're trying to balance out the sugar thing you're going to want to stay with the fruit and vegetable component not the grain component uh, in that because you don't want to even though it's better carbohydrate you don't want to try to correct that carbohydrate imbalance by putting too much uh, too much of, of that in so I would stay with the Fruit and vegetable. Now keep in mind too, and and you know green leafy vegetables are a good source. But uh, other color, you want color in your diet. So you've got, uh, you know, you've got those uh, red peppers are a pretty good uh, source of of uh, of a variety of uh, minerals and vitamins. You know, keep in mind that if you're well nourished and you're taking uh, good vitamin supplements, many of these are anti-toxic are antioxidant vitamins, high vitamin C, having an adequate amount of vitamin E on board, I think mm-hmm. uh, can be very important. Vitamin A. Well, where do we get those kinds of foods? We get them from our fruits and vegetables. And mm-hmm. the, the biggest, the biggest failing that we have in America is probably with with fruits and vegetables. So uh, that kind of helps counterbalance. Now, you already mentioned water. Uh, you know, and the, and the problem with toxins in our body is we want to get them out. And the solution to pollution is dilution is you know is what's said, so we need to keep that water going in to help us uh, clear those things out. Another thing we think about is uh, that that many people neglect is get an adequate amount of sleep. We're also oh. sleep-deprived in our country, and if we're walking around tired like zombies because we're not restoring our body's natural energy through sleep, then we're going to start looking for these artificial sources like caffeine or uh, the, the sugar high to, to supply us. So get an adequate amount of sleep, uh, get plenty of water, have fun in life. My gosh, you know, the endorphins that you generate, laughing at a, at a, at a nice, clean comedy uh, routine, for example, that gives us our normal vitality, our vim and vigor. Get it there. Don't get it out of the candy bar.
1: And and listen to some of your favorite music and turn it on when you're tired or before you go to bed, not watch TV or on a day off. Don't just listen to the radio or TV. Turn on some music that makes you feel good good. about yourself. I know recently uh, in North Korea, our New York Philharmonic Orchestra went over and entertained the people in North Korea, Korea. A beautiful concert. Everybody at the end began to feel good. The stress was releasing, uh, because there was something that was positive. Uh, and you're right. Uh, find something to make, uh, to release the stress. Uh, drinking water is a solvent. Um, before we go also, when a person is born and we begin to, eat, to live this life, you don't always have the choice on the table. But occupational health, uh, doctor is so important today. What do people think about when they're going to work every day and they're not eating right and they get drowsy about 1 o'clock? They're no longer effective for their their occupation. Um, they're exhausted. They're going to make mistakes. Their productivity is going to be down. What are some of the things during the day at the office you might consider that people, not a quick donut, not a cookie, not a potato chip, what if something there would be a good idea for them to think about that they could take in a little baggie or something that would be a good picker-upper?
0: You know, a, a handful of uh, almonds or walnuts is a, a good uh, kind of crunchy pick-me-up. Uh, a piece of fruit can be uh, carried that way and taken. Uh, I think, think uh, that's good. A little bit of uh, green tea. If they have the possibility of uh, getting a, a cup or a glass of uh, green tea, I think that 's a lot better way of doing it than uh, getting the caffeine high and then the withdrawal from that.
1: I thought uh, somebody was eating olives one day. What were they uh, and on i didn 't stop to go study. Oh, and they said olives do very well for them as a little snack.
0: Well, and as, uh, olives would be uh, fine. You know, the the uh, fa- the olive oil, the fat that's in olives, and almost all of their calories come from fat. But olive oil is a very beneficial, uh, mm-hmm. very beneficial fat to us. So, uh, mm-hmm. a few olives would be a great uh, would be a great uh, snack too. And you know, another thing is, uh, depending on what your work is, uh, what your work is like, if it's sedentary, get up and move a little bit. Mm-hmm
1: yeah take a walk
0: yes yeah and and you're absolutely right, I mean, think about this, if you were going to have uh, brain surgery, do you want your Surgeon to go out to a fast food restaurant at noon and uh, drink a malt yeah, and, yeah. and come back in and, and start surgery at 1:30.
1: No. Oh, so, uh, oh, I am so glad you did that. That is okay. Let's repeat that. If you have something that is very important in your life, how would you like to have your brain surgeon go out and eat a high carbohydrate, lots of sugar, and donuts or whatever, a, a big coke and soda, and then go go to work as a brain surgeon?
0: You know or say you say you won the lottery and went down and bought a Ferrari. Would you then get, hop in that Ferrari and uh, or Lamborghini and say, "Wonder who's got the cheapest gasoline in town to put in this?" Uh-huh. Or would you say, uh-huh. "You know, who's got the highest grade of fuel possible I could put in here to make sure that this will last me and keeps operating at peak efficiency?" Yes. You know, and people should treat their bodies as just, you know, better than they would treat their their, uh, best car.
1: Yeah. Now, anybody listening with our children at home, uh, what are some of the secrets at home for the children during the year? Let's say they have a chance in the summer. What are some of the things for the children to think about? We've been talking, I think, for about a lot of adults about a child at home. What are some of the secrets uh, with giving them their nourishment? Yeah, they love to snack.
0: Mm-hmm. but you know children will pretty well eat what uh, what's put in front of them if you if you only have those nutritious fruits vegetables uh protein type snacks handy they'll they'll do it. they'll uh be just as glad to have that as anything else i think one of the critical things uh, if you look at screen time the amount of time that children spend in front of a computer or a tv their weight goes up Directly in proportion to uh, to the amount of time that they spend in front of a screen, so something that uh, that keeps them going with their exercise, I think, is also critical. But uh, and and I, th- I think these some of these new interactive uh, video devices are pretty good. I uh, someone was telling me just the other day they had seen some kids playing with one of those where they were they had a tennis game where they're they're actually. Doing virtual tennis on the TV set, and they actually were working up a sweat. So, I think Ah. uh, keep your children as uh, you know, and find things that the family can do that involve exercise and that are fun. I mean, go bowling, go uh, swimming, uh, go horseback riding, whatever you know, whatever your thing is. But the most important thing that the parents and siblings can do is understand that that obese child or uh, you know needs help. And that you know you wouldn't you wouldn't put poison around the house if you had a had a kid. Well, this food is poison to them. And, right. Uh, so I think it's up to the parents to set the example and to uh, make sure that there are nutritious snacks available. And, and
4: now, on
1: our children, a lot of children are showing symptoms of the future of uh, diabetes, and uh, well, this has become a very very serious problem in our country. That's almost out of control, as far as I'm concerned. What do we watch for in our children in case there could be a potential of diabetes? Let's say they haven't gotten them to the doctor yet, they're just not sure. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, you know, if they have uh, sudden changes in their uh, vision, in their uh, urinary frequency, if their energy levels uh, drop in school, their grades may drop considerably, uh, then uh, those would certainly be warning signs. Simply developing uh, extra weight, particularly around the waist.
1: Uh-huh.
0: If, their waist uh, if their waist is getting bigger than their hips, you've got a problem and they probably
1: ought to be. you got to start immediately, immediately for the person's sake.
0: Yes. And, you know, the the statistic, uh, although there was just a report released about a month ago saying that there had been a slight decline shown in the incidence of childhood obesity for the first time in several years, the statement had been made uh, uh, about two years ago that the projection was if we didn't curb the epidemic of obesity in our children, today's children would be the first group who would have a life expectancy shorter than that of their parents.
1: Well, because of the carbohydrate sugar, and, you know, our forefathers did two things that are only, uh, I mean, they they were wonderful. They always thought about what was best for the rest of the world and the future of our generations. But they invented sugar to use, they love sugar, and they invented the fry pan and they smoked. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, the sugar absolutely is out of control. And uh, you know, then the fry look- pan, we they love the fr- taste. And then, of course, smoking. We're not a smokestack. We're not, invent- we're not part of a smokestack. But uh, if you, would you like to leave our listeners with something that comes right from you? Because you definitely have a, you can tell by your tone of voice, you have a real mission with your patients.
0: You know, I think uh, everything that we need to live a happy and healthy life was given to us and put on this earth. It's up to us to, uh, to to find those things that nature was intended uh, for our use, and to use them appropriately. And to do otherwise is abuse. And we know intuitively what's good for us and what's bad for us. Listen to your body, listen to your heart, and you'll know what to do. And and by all means, you know, if you, I want I want people to live a happy, healthy, long life. And the way to do that is to eat nature's foods and drink nature's liquids, and that's water. Get plenty of rest, have fun, enjoy life, and uh, live long and prosper.
1: Well, thank you. That was a wonderful message that's got to go down in the books. I want to thank you for uh, giving us all of your education and your dedication. I hope you have a nice day.
0: Well, thank you, Sharon. Thanks for having me on.
1: Thank you, Dr. Seelman. Mm -hmm. Bye. Bye. What a message. Be happy. Learn how to release stress. Drink a lot of good water. That's nature. That's your environment. Protect yourself. Take care of yourself. That'll be a pay it forward to the rest of the planet. And remember, the planet is a family. We are together on this planet together. We're going to listen to our sponsor, uh, Nature's Tears I Missed the environment for your eyes, a supplement that you have never had before, just a mist. Well, listen to our sponsor, and we'll be right back.
2: Listen. 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 The world is talking. World Talk Radio, Studio A.
3: To reach a show host or guest during the live show, dial toll-free in North America, 866-613-1612. Or, if outside the USA and Canada, dial 001-858-268-3068.
4: Art, how are you today? I'm great.
1: Well, you wanted to discuss with us the Fountain of Youth, and Dr. uh, Steelman was telling us how we can live longer by eating the better foods that are natural foods, nature, and uh, (laughs) the world is talking about water and what is happening with the environment and what can you teach us about discussing the fountain of youth? What have you learned?
4: Well, it's an interesting subject. Um, I heard a call-in doctor on the radio uh, yesterday while I was driving to California and getting suffocated in the forest fire smoke. Um, he said that uh, nearly all Americans are dehydrated and need to drink more water. Mm-hmm.
1: So, uh, yeah, that's been a common knowledge for a long time. We get so busy, we forget, and within a 24-hour period, yeah. we have to give ourselves a nature of our bodies was made up of many trillions of cells and those cells all having a molecular ability to give us our life and our health and our release stress and keep us our bodies thinner and uh, don't have to be thin, but keep our weight down. It's got to be drinking a lot of water. So uh, the fountain of youth, what did you learn about that old...
4: Uh, description, fountain of youth. Well the Ponce de Leon and the, the you know the Spanish explorers and all that kind of stuff, uh, it actually goes back much further than that. Uh the fountain of youth. The Bible talks about living waters. Um, but there's layers of meaning when they talk, uh they're talking about uh things that the earth can provide, they're talking about uh living in a healthy way they're talking about being close to god they're talking about not abusing the earth so when they say living waters or fountain of youth or water of life uh, it's just well, water is life it's, in fact yeah, from absolutely.
1: The very it's beginning just multiple, of the multiple very first religion but you know i have a uh, i can just imagine because i've been into studying water for so long can you imagine being alone on earth from the beginning and you had nothing around you but maybe whatever else other persons. But you saw each other. But there was no such thing as an invention of a mirror. Right. So when you look down in the water, you really believe that somebody else could be there beside you.
4: Yeah, that's why it says the the surface, the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Uh-huh. So, uh huh. So you know, it was the spirit. So they of God. probably
1: kept themselves. Uh, with company by visiting with the people in the water, and they would all agree with each other because they were saying the same thing. Yeah. Uh, Back and forth, they really believed there was another person in the water.
4: Yeah. So the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, and the very next sentence is, and God said, let there be light. Uh And light is knowledge, and light is... you know, knowing how to take care of yourself, and light is uh, your spiritual essence. Mm-hmm. So that's all tied up in water in the the very first chapter of Genesis.
1: Yeah, every religion has based their lives on what the what the life is, the power of the water in their lives. Without water, there is no life.
4: And there's also and they, old, old folk tales dating back from uh, I mean, the water. The the Romans talked about uh, the fountain of youth. Mm-hmm. And there's old fairy tales that talk about fountains of youth, mm-hmm. but there was a in the in 1513. There was a governor in Puerto Rico who was a Spaniard who had heard all these stories and read the Bible and knew all about this, and he was talking to the Indians and he mentioned the the fountain of youth and the waters of life, mm-hmm. and they said, uh, "Oh, that's over." We have a story about that too. It's supposed to be over on the Isle of Bimini. Mm-hmm. Well, turns out there's two Isles of Bimini, and he went to the wrong one. Um, but uh, he, yeah, um, they were referring to one off the Mosquito Coast of Honduras. Mm-hmm. Uh, he assumed they were talking about the one in the Bahamas, which is like 50 miles off, uh, due east of uh, of Miami.
1: Now, how did he originally hear about the Fountain of Youth?
4: Well, I mean, he'd read about fountains of youth in the Bible. He, he told her the old fairy tales. Uh, he knew that the Romans talked about it, and he was uh, missionizing to the Indians, and he mentioned the Fountain of Youth. And the now, Indians, was
1: he a very vain person himself, or what was his what was his background? What was his uh, uh,
4: I don't know. I didn't. I think he was. Uh, the, the rumor is that he was looking for the Fountain of Youth because he was impotent, and he was okay. a man in his forties. Okay. So, when the Indians said they knew where it was, he got all excited. Yeah. So he uh, he hired a ship and he got a crew together and they sailed off to the uh, to the Bahamas. Mm-hmm. Except that they never made it to the Bahamas. Mm-hmm. Uh, they vanished.
1: Oh, so he never found the Fountain of Youth.
4: Well, there the story gets confusing
1: because <laughs> I, I thought he found it.
4: He's credited with discovering Florida. Uh huh. There's yeah. a fountain in St. Augustine that's called Ponce de Leon's Fountain of Youth, but, I mean, it, it, you know, this is just a tourist attraction.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: But he was actually trying to find the island of Bimini.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: So, uh huh. So, I don't know if, if he. If he if and was never seen again after he left Puerto Rico, I don't know how they know that he discovered Florida.
1: So there's all kinds of stories.
4: Yeah, so, I mean, the, the story doesn't make much sense.
1: Yeah, I was listening to a news report but There's also this
4: a, uh, a natural spring on the island of Bimini. That, that, uh, yeah,
1: you know. those news reports through the years... Uh, When somebody makes a story up, and if it's not for true, and it follows through the years, and nobody knows the difference, it's like one of the news reports we were talking about this morning. This gentleman uh, had uh, did a news report, very prominent, on a story out of another country of the world, and it turned out to be maybe not a true story, but that was his own personal theory and came up to an evaluation of that's what the story is all about. And I think all of us have to learn that if if we wanted to learn more about the fountain of youth and the story, how many stories have been written up about it and which one is the fact,
4: right? Right. Well... (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. I, I guess it—you know—it seemed logical that the Indians would know where it was. It's no more logical than uh, that the Romans knew where it was.
1: Now, is there a place that's called the Fountain of Youth? Was it found ever? Uh,
4: no, there was no Fountain of Youth on the island of Bimini off the off the Mosquito Coast of. Okay, well then
1: I will do an evaluation with thirty odd years of research. I think water is the Fountain of Youth. Oh, I am co- totally convinced. That, that's why I believe the power of water and the, uh, your life on earth with your health, you've got to include the water. And drinking good water, healthy water, the water must have it has to survive earth. It will save earth and it will save lives. We haven't been really, really depending on it any other than washing our clothes, washing our dishes, uh, flushing the toilet. Uh, bathing in it, uh, showering in it. Yes, you've got to drink water every day, but we never thought about the world and what could water do beyond what comes to the normal uh, to us. And I believe the fountain of youth is water. And uh, I think the religions were based around uh, the idea that water is going to save your life. Water is your life. It's the faith in the water, the God in the water. And all the religions all over the world that have used water as their basis around their religion have been very, very, very smart about that. Uh, I just hope, to gosh, we can take uh, it on worldwide. Uh, the issue of the environment is the water. And if we get serious about water and the environment, we will be able to save this earth, and it will last forever. It won't become
4: a planet. Absolutely. And um, Judaism... Living water or water of life uh is water that uh, comes from a natural source and isn't adulterated with anything. Right. Uh, yeah, right. And I presume the doctor this like, morning,
1: I don't know if you heard the show, but when you add something to the water, that isn't the water you're drinking.
4: Yeah, I the heard nature the nature of, of it. the water is what you've gotta drink
1: all by itself. Don't add sugar, don't add the
4: importance add of good beer. water. And it's also it's a spiritual thing.
1: It is a spiritual
4: thing. You know, it's life and it's uh, spirituality. We a
1: crusade to everyone to join. Is join in on the environment is the water. The environment is your personal health choices. And uh, taking better care of yourself and learning more, that is nature. That is our earth. That is our gift. And that's the environment. What is happening with the pollutions and and the different other things that we definitely want to be concerned about, recycling and and serving, conserving. But where it starts with first is with yourself. Absolutely. And when we learn to take better care of ourselves, drink proper water, stay away from so much sugar, carbohydrates, we're dehydrating too quick. That's why the symptoms are out of control. Uh, But that's, that's the fountain of youth right there. We just found it today, Art. (laughs)
4: <laughs> Absolutely. Well, that's good. To,
1: we need know. to publish that <laughs> and yeah, see how many point. stories are told about it that might not be exactly what we said.
4: So that's a punter, do we?
1: Yeah. But, well, I want to thank you for joining us. Oh, and, anytime. Um, and uh, we'll talk to you hopefully soon. And
4: have a good time in Salt Lake City.
1: Thank you. I, we are having a good time. It's warm.
4: Yeah, the air here is terrible. It's it's mm-hmm. smoky well, it's
1: uh, yeah, on this, uh, here in the United States, we're having uh, what they're calling a, a trend here, changing of a climate. Yeah. But you have a nice day, day and Thank you for joining okay. us.
4: Okay. Thank you, too. Bye. Bye.
1: Well, we are learning a lot about this planet, and as I've said, the Earth is a family of a planet. Uh, we are able to reach out to other people throughout the world and share because of the Internet and phones and, and our relationships that we have built throughout the, the world is the planet Earth. Uh, remember that uh, thousands and thousands, let's say millions of children are dying a, a year because of lack of water, bad sanitation, and no food. Let's be thinking about what Dr. Seelman said today, the nature of you, the nature of Earth, the nature of your choices turn to them, use them, listen, and that's what this show has been all about. And I've been so excited because as we grow and get bigger with our audience, we hope to be doing this in other parts of the world and sharing all over the world the excitement of learning more about how we live here and the choices that are offered. They're not even expensive. They're nature. When you want to learn more and send people to uh, learn more, go to www.naturesteers.com, click on the radio show, and you can choose the different show programs that we have to offer. We've been discussing for so long now all the different topics for you to learn. So if you get in the mood for something else to learn that day about the environment or that moment, turn on one of our shows that are listed there. That'll help you. Everything we've been doing has been very environmental conscious. If you want to email me, Sharon Kleina, our at yahoo.com. Earth has a secret. Embrace your life every precious moment. Earth is whispering. Never say goodbye. Have a nice day.
2: Listen. 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 The world is talking. World Talk Radio, Studio A.